Janie Mac, you could eat your whole dinner out of the ditch. And that is what Fiona Falconer of Wild About tells us in this week's podcast, which is all about wild food. Now, wild food, it's abundant, it's free, it's full of adventure, it's resourceful, sustainable, and it celebrates the beauty and bounty of our landscape. So in this podcast, we discuss why it's important to eat from our natural surroundings and what are the benefits of eating wild food for our health. Fiona also tells us about the value of running a small business as she and her husband, Malcolm, up sticks from London and moved to a small five acre farm in County Wexford and now run an environmentally sustainable food business, which along with countless awards has presented them many creative opportunities. And in December 2021, we first chatted to her. And this here podcast is actually a replay of that conversation. And I touched base with Fiona this morning to see how they're getting on and get an update on things on the farm. And as it turns out, things are getting on great because they're still living that mantra of small is beautiful. And they're now also developing a food tourism side to the business along with Visit Wexford. And they're hosting farm tours for visitors. Sounds pretty exciting. And dreams and plans are also afoot for a custard apple farm in Madeira with another tourism offering. Watch the space. Now, if you want to meet this vivacious woman in person, then you'll be able to catch them at Bloom in the Park in June. But Jack, why did we decide to recast this podcast? Well, Well. okay, so now is a particularly great time to get out and about. So it's kind of spring. We're we're all starting to feel a little bit of spring. Little buds starting to bloom. Mm -hmm. And from like kind of a food perspective, especially in Ireland, you really actually start to see a bit of a variety. Everyone kind of tires a little bit of eating the same things through winter. So myself and Jolene were talking about where we would go next with our chats. And recently I've kind of started bubbling a kefir at home the last couple of months in my kitchen. And then Jolene mentioned that she's been making kombucha for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And it brought up the idea of this recipe that we got from Fiona back in 2021. So we learned about what we can find in the wild and what we can do with something as simple as nettles. So including a really kind of tempting recipe for a nettle beer or a nettle fizz. You can call it a nettle champagne, I would say. And this is the perfect time to give it a shot. So we thought we'd include it again in the show notes and replay that podcast. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to trying it. Yeah, and what's more, you know the song that you hear at the start of the podcast? Well, that's actually an original piece of music made specifically for us, for the Neighbourhood Podcast. Now, from blackberries to mushrooms, wild food is also a big passion for musician Peter Broderick. It's actually how I ended up coming across Peter Broderick, a main man living in Galway. He loves to forage wild and edible plants, and although you may be so bold as to suggest that writing our theme music is his greatest musical feat, um, it's more interesting if you were to find his song Wild Food from his album Blackberry which is all about gathering, foraging, hunting, and munching wild foods. So actually, it was that song that put me in kind of touch with Peter. I reached out to him. I thought, would he be interested in doing it? So it's nice that we can have some words from Peter here on wild food and what it is that he finds so inspiring about foraging. Right. So let's get on with the show. Here is Fiona Falconer to tell us why she's so wild about wild foods and also her small food business, which is appropriately called Wild About. Let's go. The wild thing started to get under my skin, right? The the whole having greenness around me. And then the berries came out in the winter and I was going, oh, what's that? Because we'd we'd, uh, spindle and everything and they're beautiful pink flowers um, and um, um, 
uh, red berries. I'll think of them in a minute. But all these beautiful berries in the hedging. And, and Mal goes, well, you can eat them. They're rose hips and they're whatever. And I was going, oh, okay. So we, we started looking them. And of course, because of my factual background, I actually started looking at clinical trials to see was there any little um, sound bites I could throw out at the market on Saturday. Okay. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But I actually did clinical trials and I cross-correlated everything because that's the way my mind works. You look at something and then you find does it stand up in another trial or whatever. Um, and it bl- started to blow my mind the properties of what is just natively around us. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the hawthorn, really good for your heart health. It helps maintain the membrane around your heart. It lowers blood pressure. Um, and they're abundant this year. The slows, again, the black membrane full of um, antioxidants, riboflavin. So they're really good for detoxing. Um, very good for chests as well. You have um, your elderflower, again, your elderflower, your elderberry, the berry really good for opening up your chest, particularly for catarrh and stuff like that, deep chesty coughs. Um, You've got there. Well, the end of the nettles. Then we hit nettles. Yeah, nettles were amazing. Um, Meadow sweet. Yeah, I um, want to know more about nettles because I'm kind of fascinated too. Anytime uh, I cook with nettles or when I kind of have nettles in anything, it it is. It, they are really amazing. The irony kind of they're beautiful but to do use. You but there's a feeling inside you. If you're aware you. that you get a little boost, you get a little energy energy mm. boost. And when you look back mm. a little bit into the science, it's quite interesting because they're. Um, Okay, they contain vitamin A, B1, B2, the mental agility and the heart maintenance vitamins. They have vitamin C, but vitamin C aids the absorption of the iron. So they work for you in getting iron into you. The seeds as well, you know, when they they flower. Okay, from from the start, you've got the the leaf. The leaf is brilliant for pestos, you know, all that kind of stuff. And when when is this like kind of at autumn time that you pick these or when? No, they start coming out. They're usually in by Paddy's Day. That's the way we market. Um, and you're looking for so nettles, nettles that are right yeah, that are about um about a foot and a half tall. And you okay. just pick the top four leaves at the end of maybe the top two inches. So you're, you're mm. looking for just the tips of them. You bring them in, you rinse them in cold water with a little egg cup of vinegar, and that'll kill any bacteria from dogweed or from animals or for, from whatever like that. Oh, okay. Put them in a salad spinner and then either um, wilt them down uh, on a saucepan with some onions and throw an egg in it and you have a really nice omelette. You can put them over fish, uh, squeeze a lemon, wrap it, bake it 20 minutes at 180. Because you the, the sting, the formic acid is, um, uh, is in a little tube, like a test tube on the underside of the leaf. Yes. And what happens is it's so small, it goes into your, your, your skin cell and breaks off and that causes the irritant but when you cook it or break it it dissolves at 60 something degrees it goes into whatever you have and you do, you still get it but you don't have the 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 reaction to it and actually the content of the formic acid is really interesting it contains a thing called astricloline acid which works as a neurotransmitter on your skeletal superhighway just fucking check and everything is in it it releases serotonin in your brain to regulate mood um oh there what is it mood appetite and desire (laughs) but there's there's well it i was talking to a microbiologist really nice guy ronnie russell from trinity and he said "Uh, fiona you're missing a trick on the nettles and i was going why he goes when we ingest nettles 
there's enzymes in our digest- digestive tract that turn the nitrogen of the nettle into a thing called nitric oxide. And nitric oxide is a really interesting naturally occurring gas in the body. It dilates the blood vessels to lower blood pressure. It increases the oxygenation capacity of your blood, so it gives you a little bit of an energy boost. Um, but they're also trialing uh, nitric oxide as an alternative for Viagra. <laughs> so there's nothing that nettles don't do. Okay, you know? you've covered the spectrum fully. I think we can safely say now nettles. Super well, food, no, I've sure. only gone through the vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got to the minerals or the compounds or any of that shit yet. <laughs> and tell me, can you eat nettles like throughout the year? or is it No, well, we, we, we grow from seed and we, we tear them. So we have uh, we have also grow them in polytunnels to extend the season. So the natural season is from March through to first frosts after September, and we've had a really mild uh, winter um, mm-hmm. here, wet but not freezing. So well, where we are, so they're still actively out and around. They're fairly scraggy and they're seeding, but also the seeds at this time of year, you'll find they're really tall and they've got these like um, they're like tiny bunches of grapes dripping off them. And if you take them, they they eat them in Germany. Germany are quite into the nettles. Um, take the leaves off and literally um pull the 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 little flowers. They'd be kind of seedy off the stem and put them through a sieve. Okay. then dry them because they will ferment so dry them for a good day on a piece of brown paper stick them in a kilner jar throw them on your your spaghetti your or not your spaghetti your your muesli or your porridge or whatever you have in the morning because it's a natural energy boost um it's a concentrated iron boost but it's tiny little seed so it's not you know anything to um they say don't take them after four o'clock or it's like speed you won't get to sleep <laughs> <laughs> But um, Fiona, you you also take the hard work out of it. You sell nettle products, don't you? You have a drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had because uh, we started. We were we were working on the oh, there's various chutneys, jams, preserves. But milk makes everything. I mean, we're tiny. Milk makes everything by hand in the kitchen. Goes out to the garden, gets what he needs. Goes into the kitchen. He's got six pots. Stuff comes out in boxes to me. I put it into stores. I go out in the van. I stick the jars on the shelf, you know, and we do, we did, well, we did markets and stuff. I, I've, because of COVID now, we're not doing any markets. Um, and uh, stock is fairly limited. We've been really lucky this year. There's a, there's a lot of interest going on, but we can't, the other products aren't scalable. Okay. You know, I don't want to take on a factory. Thanks very much. I love what we do. We sell everything we have. We're happy with where we are. We're content. But the nettle has potential because that I can make 20,000 units a day, 30,000 units a day here. And when you when you say that, now we're looking on video, but people are listening and oh, you're holding up sorry. a bottle there. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> what, what, what's in that bottle? Uh, that's uh, that's our nettle drink. So we had one of our most popular products from when we started ages ago was our nettle syrup we have a big following for arthritis in particular um it's very good for menopause it's the best hangover cure you will ever have hand on heart we were down at dingle i was telling you at the festival Mm -hmm. and we had a hard night out and i had to set the stall up the next morning because malk didn't know his own name at that stage and so eight o'clock in the morning i had the stall up i had the nettle syrup all done up with ice and water i was necking it back 
and I was going, the best hangover cure ever. And I may as well have stood on the counter and shouted, free money. <laughs> they came from far and wide and all over the town that night, all you could do was nettle, <laughs> which was lovely. But that's, that's, I want to, I want to bring the nettle back because I think it's part of our heritage. Every kid in Ireland has been stung by a nettle. They're an incredible food. They're incredible. They had, they, they lower the glycemic index. They lower cholesterol significantly. Arthritis, they clear uric acid from your kidneys. So they're really good for, for gout. They're good for psoriasis. They're good for asthma. Um, they're, they're an incredible plant. They grow everywhere. You know, yeah, it's not hard so, to grow. They're so plentiful. And they're free. So, so just to, just to summarize, just to summarize for people listening. So if you wanted to pick wild nettles, yeah. you got to get them when they're about a foot and a half tall. Yeah. Or you go out and you cut them down and within two weeks, you know, you're going to have perfect little perfect nettles small, coming yeah. through. Wherever so, there's so you, nettle, just keep cutting them back. It's yeah, like so parsley. It's, it, it's the same as growing veggies and herbs and anything. You want to catch them a little bit earlier. After they get big, they get a little bit kind of woody maybe and a little bit too astringent. But you flavor. can still cut them right back. Yeah, so the baby ones are the ones you want. So yeah. a foot, a foot and a half, and that's from sep- uh, from February, from March Paddy's on. Day onwards. Yeah, yeah, and then you so, manage it yourself. Wear a pair of marigold gloves; you won't get any sting. Yeah, and then the next phase in the year is to go for the seeds in the oh, in of the autumn. in the winter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Winter. Do you want the nettle beer? recipe yes i have because this is <laughs> for yeah i know i know we need to get this oh here we go and um, this is like for paddy's day and um, oh okay. although you could just yeah try nettles as a hangover cure although you could drink it for paddy's day and then you wouldn't have a hangover because you genuinely don't get a hangover with claims this. Here. I, I, yeah i know i know yeah yeah Okay, uh, we, it we is, put in a, um, a disclaimer there. We do not take responsibility for any hangovers <laughs> induced by this recipe. Two car- you make nettle beer. Okay, two carrier bags of fresh young nettles. Now, this is this is Malk's recipe, so I reckon that is about uh, five hundred grams. Okay. Twelve liters of water. Okay. Uh, One point five kilos of sugar. Thirty or sixty grams of cream of tartar. That's important. Two okay. oranges, two lemons, if you wanted. A little bit of ginger, if you wanted. Yeast. And now the magic. You boil up the water, take it off the heat, add the nettles, put the lid on and leave it to infuse for an hour, preferably overnight. Then you strain it through a muslin. You heat the mixture only enough to dissolve the sugar and the cream of tartar. You add the juice of the orange and the lemon and the ginger spice bag, if you want, and you leave it to cool at room temperature. You add the yeast, you cover with the tea towel and leave in a dark, warm place for four to five days. Okay. After that, you remove the scum <laughs> from the surface of the brew bucket uh, and siphon it into plastic bottles. Um, leave to settle in a cool place. The fridge is ideal. Um, I would definitely use plastic bottles because we've had bottles explode yeah. at the top of the stairs. Um, wait seven days and it's ready to drink. And wow. it okay, is, great. it's like a Breton cider. It's not sickly sweet. It's, it's really not, it's not a beer. It sounds yeah. really interesting. Yeah. And it, it tastes of nettle. And as, as someone said to me when they were drinking my drink, I, I, I don't know what nettle tastes like, but I know I'm drinking nettle, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to try that. Well, that okay. That's Looking a really nice that. one. And try our, you can try our nettle drink. Um, as I say, that's, that's, that's my pension or that's my, my potential 
for the next phase because I can and well it kind of takes all the crap out of it because I can do what I love doing I can do the horticultural end with the nettles and keep on that kind of vein um and it Mal can do less work but we can have more market Fiona, I gotta say, I've absolutely loved that you've shared this information with us. Um, mm. And I think it's really important that um, people, I suppose, understand like what, what we can do with that food that's just on our doorstep, like those nettles. Like, do you do stuff like um, teaching maybe school kids or kind of doing groups or like how important is it, do you think, for, for young people to understand well, um, that's, that's, about that's, these wild foods? That's what Wild About is about. It's, as I said, it's a wild about is kind of, it's, it's the whole follow through from who we are um, yeah. how we do what we do and the end product. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, yeah, I, I, that's, that's why we were so thrilled with the Bloss win because um, winning with the wild ingredient, it's absolutely mm-hmm. who we are. So, when we're talking to people about food, you're filling them in in a lot more than, oh, this goes really well with, you know, onion soup, or this is particularly good with pork. You're going into the whole background of we use, you know, Bolivian hairy chilies, which are a heritage variety, which we harvest the seed from every year and we dry them out. And there's, you know, there's there, there's more information about nettles when you're, you're, you know, if you're using nettles in something, you get a lot more about the kind of the health benefits, the environment. And people go, Jesus, I'll pick my own nettles. Well, do you know what? Brilliant, because when you do that, you engage in the environment in a way that there's there's no coming back from. And that's what we're trying to do. When people stick, a, a, you know, like the raspberry chili in their mouth and go, wow, that's really something. You go, well, it's not. Thank you. It's not. It's just our bar is so low on what we're willing to put in our mouth. Like half the time you've, you've got the spoon in the jar before you finished what's in your mouth. If you give someone a really good quality food and they try it, they'll take a bit longer to savor it and they'll actually eat less, you know, because sure. they savor it more. So that's the kind of whole ethos behind of where we are with the schools. We, we, we've had a few school tours down just because I think it's so important for kids to get them when they're young and to explain this is your natural environment. Do you remember the nature table at school? You mm. know, this is, this is kind of what it's about. It's bringing them down and going, oh, you can, you can eat this leaf with this nut. That's a cure for whatever. This is nettles. This is drinking nettles. They grow there. They're good for arthritis. Oh, I don't have arthritis, <laughs> you know, um, but they start buzzing. And one, one of the crowd that went home the last time, he said, and these are country kids. He said, Janie Mac, you could eat your whole dinner out of the ditch. And I thought, that's amazing. That's amazing. I love that. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's there's that's, so much wonder in that, isn't there? The statement of it, like just it's it's amazing. Yeah. But you know what? As as a, a parent of small kids, like you, you want to do things with them and you can't do a lot of things. There's a lot of stuff you just can't really do for a period of time. And yeah. going out for a walk in nature is something you can do, but they just get so bored. And being able to do something like that and show and pick and t- it just entertains and inspires and educates and you get the walk in and it's, it's, yeah, like we do it. We do it um, ourselves. We're in a mushroom, mushroom phase at the moment. <gasps> you see, mushrooms yeah. scare me. 
I don't mm. know. I have no knowledge. And nettles but... scare a lot of people. Mm. Well, so... the, the, the common nettle, that's it. There's nothing yeah. There's nothing that's going to kill you over here. You know, and out of, out of the last 10 years, I think I've met two people who have nettle allergies. Mm. Well, you know, so it's not. The only thing is if you have hemochromatosis, you need to give it a wide berth because it's packed with iron. Mm. Okay. Um, mm. But mm. other than that, they're they're incredible. They're they're even doing using them in trials for hair follicle regrowth. Mm. That was very popular in our house for a while. <laughs> Toby used to go out and get like buckets of of, uh, of nettles and rinse his hair hair through them. It did give him more volume, but it didn't necessarily give him uh, a regrowth. <laughs> now that could be the best tidbit to take from you all day. Ah, poor old Tobes. <laughs> okay, we touched on this a small bit, but I want to know a little bit more about this because. As you know, this is a neighbor food podcast. You're a supplier through several neighbor foods. And we have always believed and we have seen it and everyone we work with feels it that it's quality, not quantity. So our feeling is being able to create softwares that can optimize food producers, businesses so that they can they can make more themselves or optimize their day to be able to continue doing the, the things they love without having to scale up all the time. So it's not about quantity it's more about kind of refining in on quality you've mentioned it's just the two of you in the production and the sales and everything and I suppose to choice. chat a little bit more about the two-person team the choices you've made and the values there are so many more values that come with that choice of lifestyle a lot of producers in Ireland work this way can you tell us a little bit more about that uh gosh where to start because that was quite a long one Jack <laughs> I know, yeah, the big long question. I'm an old woman now. I have to keep up. My brain's still running on till the end of that one. Basically, he wants to know what's so beautiful about being so small. Yeah. Oh, small is perfectly formed. And that's my advice to every. Do you know, I'm so proud of the Irish food industry at the moment. We we have the best ground source on the planet right here, right now. We have incredible people throughout, which, again, testimony to neighbor food the community that that has built around food producers who previously would have been, you know, um, in more competition than cooperation um, Mm. is amazing. And together we're stronger. And it's actually Irish food is on fire. You know, the amount of people who have possibly reassessed their career path post COVID and, you know, it's an easy enough industry to, to start off in, but they're driving innovation, they're driving quality, and most of all, they're driving sustainability. You know, mm. that we can create a balance here. Um, the Just being with Malk is fabulous because we're small, so we're sustainable. If we wanted to grow, as I say, if we go and export the nettle to Germany, then that's that's a sustainable growth. Because we're, you know, we're not taking on people. I don't have a factory to feed. I don't have a payroll to fulfill. You know, we there's, cert, there's certain things we can do. The other thing is to say to people, when you're a small business, this is your business. You run it however the hell you want to run it. And you decide on what it is. Because there's there's a lot of that commercial pressure to compete. You know, to do your do your tastings, your sales figures are this. We need to get up to, you know, this, that and the other. And this is your business. And you decide, Mm. you know, what taskmaster you choose to jump to to get whatever result you want. But it's your choice. 
don't get um and i think that that happens quite a bit and people do scale and there's all then you're kind of trapped because you're running the whole time you can't you can't scale down it's it's the same as as agriculture in ireland everything's too big you know, it's have another hundred cattle and have have a, have a mega herd or buy up all the farms and have the the mega fields or whatever. We're a nation of smallholders. I have five acres and I don't exist in Irish agricultural law because I'm too mm. small. But you know, we've mm. a thriving farm that we we add value to our produce, like any small holding, and we sell it in the open market. Now, You're reminding me of a cheesemaker that supplies into Cork, and they recently mentioned that they were doubling their herd and they now have four instead of two. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant that's brilliant yeah. yeah i i but i a lot more smaller scale because the 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 rural ireland is thriving you know it really is and the the to have a local economy, you know, at the top of my road is Macamore Buffalo, who raise buffalo for the meat. The mm-hmm. other end of my road is Isla Crackers, who make a flaxseed cracker. Mm. Beautiful products each. Mm. Um, but we have a local economy. I'll go and buy his meat. He'll buy my chutney. You know, money moves around the local area. And when everything's a lot smaller, mm. there is a lot more cooperation because you're living within your means. You're, mm-hmm. You've created a local economy. And without a strong local economy, the people have no power and the land has no voice. Mm. I think it's important for people to understand that as well, isn't it? And to support. Mm. Just buy one business. thing, yeah. you know, mm. or just start to think about, you know, buying a local butter. You know, it's there'll be what 50 cents in that between that and what you pick up in the supermarket anyway there's just go and pay a little bit extra and just try it Mm. yeah and i think you've definitely proven that by being small doesn't mean that you can't achieve great things because you guys have achieved amazing things haven't you like you've 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 picked up i don't know countless awards ridiculous you've mentioned uh floss a few times there yeah um tell us a little bit about about that we have malk collects awards that's his thing it that's what makes him fizz (laughs) 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 he he (laughs) award so does our malk so um we've 23 great taste awards uh we have I think it's seven Bloss golds, two silver, a bronze. We got uh, just, you know, the um, Bloss Naharan Supreme Champion this year, which was just, it that Incredible. blew us away because we did it with the wild ingredient. The, the So slow. It's a slow, slow jelly. And actually it's one I wanted to drop because it was pain in the arse picking snows the whole time. And it wasn't it wasn't a big seller, but Malk redid it and he was really proud of it and he made me put it into the awards. So mm. um and it beat every product that had entered on the island of Ireland. And I, I was amazed and I was also a bit peeved because I had to go and go back to the hedge <laughs> for another four weeks to pick every slow in the county. <laughs> I had the whole I had the whole GAA troop out looking for me, you know, going, Fiona, there's some in the backfield, but mind the bull. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> you know, I had I had people people dropping sacks of slows at the front door. I mean, Gorgeous. it was just it was really, really, really nice. Mm. Um and I I that kind of thing. I'm really proud of us 
um, mm. to have done that. And I, I like who we are as a business. You know, mm. I, I, I believe in what we do. I believe we do a good job. And if it's to have any kind of legacy, it's just to help promote this type of life. Should we should we all join what? hands and sing? Oh, <laughs> I think we need to join hands and sing now. That was just beautiful. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna cry. Ah, stop. That's stop. That's really nice, Fiona. Do you know what I'm actually blown away since I first spotted your stuff? How many Obviously, they, they change and they're not always there. How, how many, many products, products have, do we have? How many products have you put on the shelf? Pick a card, any card. Yeah, like how many <laughs> Any number, time? any number on the back of it. I just, I get sick of counting them, so I don't. Um, but you see, some stuff we might have, like Meadowsweet, we might just make four boxes of it. Hmm. You know, um, Nasturtium Capers, we might do, you know, Haws, we might do. Some, the Slows weren't good one year. We didn't do a lot of them. You know, the... Hmm we've kind of got our runners we've got we've got our products that are turning over in food academy you know mm. that we have we've got our kind we've kind of got a little bit of our following going on and they get what we do because my thing on the stall was getting people to taste at least three things i don't care mm. if they don't buy it well i do care if they don't buy it mm. but generally i don't care if but, but i want them to know that anything they taste with our brand on it is a good quality product mm-hmm. And that's what it is that you see Wild About and you go, oh, well, I know that's ethically made, you know, sustainable. And I mightn't like nettle, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting as well, you know, like it, like we, we forget to remind ourselves sometimes it's just fascinating. Like when your brand to me is always really, really interesting, like what's oh. going to be next. And our food should be exciting and interesting like that and not homogenized. Like when yeah. things homogen, like we were talking about that butter that Myrtle Allen had found, it tasted really good from that particular paddock. When we homogenize the excitement of, of like, like you should be equally excited when something isn't as good as last week. Like that's a good thing. Yeah. It may not be good for that week, but it means the following week, it might be better than all the other weeks combined. Do you, you know? Re- do you remember when Clementines used to come in? I used to go down to Cork for Christmas and I I used to remember cl- the smell of Clementines. So I named the- my daughter Clementine. Oh, did you? Yeah. Aww. Her, oh, her, her, her darling. Sec- her second, yeah. Like, her second name. name. Her second name. Rose Rose Clementine. Yeah. Oh, that's really cute. Yeah, oh, yeah, my I, darling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just so you could sit in the rocking chair on the deck singing it yeah. <laughs> for yeah, that yeah, limited yeah. but that's brilliant and um, but them. you used, used to smell the clementines at like the mm. end of november this and you knew mm. it, it was just and then it was gone mm. and mm. everything is so prevalent mm. you know we have a little um we have marrows in particular we do a, a little jam and it's lovely it's marrow lemon and ginger and mm. it's an old wartime recipe when they couldn't get mm. the citrus fruits in because the U-boats, they used to pad out the jams and marmalades with marrow because it's like a sponge. It'll hold whatever flavor is around it. Um, and I remember tr- this woman at Bloom tried it and she was in her 90s. She was the most elegant woman. And she started welling up and she says, I haven't tasted that in 50 years. Mm. You know, that that flavor combination had gone. And I have certain times, we only make a couple of boxes of one when we're doing the marrows, but I know people are there going, is it in yet? Is it in yet? You know, that okay, there's yeah, that kind of favorite. seasonality to 
to stuff, which makes food more interesting. Exactly as you say, make make it more interesting. Make it not a chore to go to the supermarket. Maybe Other go than, to the supermarket to pick up, you know, whatever staples you need. Yeah. Other but actual food, look the, around. Yeah. Other than using the loo and sleeping, it's the, we do it. Yeah, 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 there's yeah, nothing yeah. else we do every day so it's such a missed opportunity to not excite yourself with what you eat you know and I've always reminded myself of that and that's why I'm in this but job. do you do you remember we well, probably don't because you're a lot younger than me but um in the, <laughs> in the 70s the roaring 70s uh, I remember the first supermarkets opening up in Dublin I was in Clontarf and mm-hmm. like uh, Lipton's opened up at the top of the road it was the kind of first um proper supermarket in their area but I also remember everyone had a little market garden in the back of their their garden they grew lettuce tomatoes cucumbers mm. every everybody grew a little bit mm. in their back garden because you had mm. your butchery you went to you had you know all the old staples that you mm. go to um and the supermarkets just drew us out of that and mm. you know it it all went and they taught us what to eat when to eat how to eat you know, smells and lights and all the bollocks that goes into how people shop. You know, I just, uh, creating a whole industry out of that is completely wrong to me. Mm. Um, that, you know, the whole natural thing, we've, we've kind of lost a gra- And I want to get people back to that so badly that lo- lockdown has done a lot of that. People started growing stuff again. And it is slowly beginning to change it's just being aware when you curve and you go back into the supermarket again you have to be aware of your own actions when you just go back into the the routine so tell me where can people buy your wild about stuff well as i said we're small um but perfectly formed um we're kind of leinster-ish so we'd be we'd be in super value food academies in a good few in Dublin and uh, Wexford, Pettits and Wexford. Um, Ardkeen in Waterford, Shaw's in Waterford, Nolan's in Clontarf, brilliant supermarket. Um, but actually, wildabout.ie is me. <laughs> so uh, the, on- the online shop, I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be packing your stuff. So um, sometimes people just don't know or can't do websites, and mine mm-hmm. isn't the best, to be honest. Um, and they'll just give me a call. And we'll go through it and and send stuff out or, you know, bespoke stuff. Because there's certain things I know from years of doing the markets, you know, certain ones that men like. If you like hot food, these three are really good. You know, if you mainly eat salads, this kind of stuff is good. Mm. If you're into Mm. cheeses, you can advise on a lot of stuff and actually make something really nice. So wildabout.ie, that's me. And you're supplying into a few of the neighbour foods as well around the country. Oh yeah, we're doing um we're doing Clonmel, Enniscorthy, Dunleary, Callan, Owning, Waterford, Carrigine, and two mile Boris once a month. That's a lot of markets. <laughs> well again, this is this is the community of, of neighbour food. I mean, I don't deliver to all of those. I'll go to Debbie, Debbie'll take my stuff, she'll bring it to, to um Kilkenny, I'll take her stuff, bring it to Wexford, I go down to Waterford, give it to Helen from Moon Coin, she was bringing it to Carmel to Clonmel. And this kind of interconnectivity that neighbour mm. food has created amongst producers is is incredible because we don't have that here in Ireland. There's there's very little cohesion overall in mm. the kind of the the network of food producers, and there is a lot of competition. And um, so something like this just kind of evens the playing field a bit, and you just 
you really build strong relationships and and it's beneficial to everybody so it's it's such a good initiative across the board um Mm -hmm. for so many reasons not just the everyone wins you know Mm -hmm. well we will be continuing to try and innovate more things in the same line as that again (laughs) fiona thank you so much for chatting to us on the neighbor food podcast it's been really really interesting to learn so much more about your business and brilliant to try all these interesting new flavors yeah yeah keep doing what you're doing you're super inspirational Thanks for uh, well, I wouldn't say that, but you know, I just, I like to keep myself no, happy and I deny myself nothing. So <laughs> that's, that's the best way to be. Um, and Malcolm listen, too, something again. tells me he deserves, he deserves a good, um, well done as he well. So you can pass on. <laughs> yeah, no, he needs, he's almost broken. He needs to be put back together. That's what he needs. <laughs> Bless him. What are you getting for Christmas? I got you a pulley system, love. We're just going to launch it through the house. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks, Fiona. Who's our special guest? Okay, so our next guest is a musician and composer from originally Oregon. And he lives in Ireland. He lives in Ireland. Mm -hmm. He has played with, been members in bands such as Efter Clang, played with The National, M. Ward, Zooey Deschanel. He's had a full career in music, but according to himself now, he may even be more passionate about wild food. He but is his the comp- biggest um, feat to date must surely be doing the music for the Neighbourhood Podcast. I would, say, I would say that's right up there at the top of the Wikipedia page. <laughs> Fair play, Peter. Uh, he actually he pulled out all the stops, though, when we got in touch with him to put some, put some nice music together for the podcast. So uh, really, really good. Thank you. But what are we going to talk to him about? We talk about wild food. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Peter Broderick. So when did your love of the wild come? It Have was around that time, really. It kind of coincided with the time that I was moving over here, but I just kind of, I got really obsessed really quickly. Um, uh, so I, I, I can remember like the light bulb moment. I was... It was when I was still in Portland, this is probably uh, 2014, before I'd moved over to Ireland, and I was taking a walk with a friend, and she was like studying um, to become a herbalist, but she obviously knew a lot about, you know, just plants, and we were walking down one of these Portland residential neighborhoods in the springtime, and it's plants are just exploding everywhere in people's gardens, and as we're walking, she just, she keeps pulling things off that are, you know, like growing over onto the sidewalk path. Wow. She's just grabbing them and sticking them in her mouth. And I'm like, what, what, what was that? And it, <laughs> yeah, he would explain it to me. And, um, and I just, it, it, it took me right back to when I was really, really young and how I used to, like I used to do things like pick grass and bundle it up and pretend it was a spear and stuff like that. So that's not necessarily for food purposes, but, just that connection and, and interest in engaging and interacting with the wild plants. Um, so it took me back to that same excitement. And then I just fell deep headfirst into the, into that world. And where are you living now, Peter? Uh, right now I'm out in Spittle or near Spittle, which is um, one of the little seaside villages out, out uh, west of Galway City. I know it well. You're near the ocean yes. as well, aren't you? Very near. I can see it from from the living room window there. So this wild food obsession kind of coincided with your move to Ireland. Definitely. And and 
for that reason, I sort of have grown really attached to the landscape here because I've never... It's your fridge. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was interested more in video games and stuff, you know? So I really, I never lived in... And then I was so deeply entrenched in the music world for a while that I never did much outdoorsy kind of stuff. But since since getting into wild food, you know, it's 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 uh, made me have this connection with the landscape and made me connect with the land itself in a way that I never experienced before. So now I have that connection here in a place where I didn't even grow up. But, you know, my connection to the land is so much stronger than, say, where I did grow up. And Peter, you were saying in the email that you've been out foraging mushrooms over the autumn time. What did you get? Yeah, you know, mushrooms, I, I was, I started off with plants and I kind of, I was a bit scared of mushrooms because you always hear, you know, you have to be way more careful with mushrooms, you know, then it's, the, it's much easier to make a deadly sort of mistake. Um, so I, I just, you know, with plants, I felt co- confident enough reading in a book, watching a YouTube video, going out, taking a nibble, see if I feel okay, you know, but with mushrooms, I didn't dare um, do that. So it took a while before I, I met some people that would show me a mushroom here and there. And yeah. then I knew a couple for a few years that I could identify with certainty and I would go and pick those every year. But this year I've been kind of branching out a bit and just picking stuff and not necessarily eating it, but really trying to identify things and collecting more books. And, um, so yeah, but I, I, let's see, what did I get this year? I have a jar of a bunch of dried mushrooms, um, I had such a good mushroom harvest that I have a, a few big <laughs> glass kilners with a wow. big variety of dried mushrooms. Yeah. So there's there's chanterelles, like golden chanterelles. Um, uh, another mushroom called the trumpet chanterelle or winter chanterelle, also mm-hmm. known as ye- yellow legs. Um, there's another uh, lesser known chanterelle variety called the sinuous chanterelle. Um, hedgehog mushrooms, um, very easy to identify for beginners because instead of gills underneath they have little hedgehog like spines mm. uh and what else there's a little purple mushroom called the amethyst deceiver that mm. um you know it's it's very small it doesn't it doesn't add a lot of bulk to the meal but you know scattered in with all those others you know especially the purple next to the golden chanterelle it's just beautiful aesthetically so i always try to get some of those in there i think that's that's what's in my mixture that i've got dried there um, and they're dried, so they're going like you could pull them out in a few months' time and just taste the flavors again of the forest, can't you? That's the idea, you know. Preserve it for when it's not there on the landscape to to get you through to the next time it's there next year, ideally. Um, yeah. And I did get a, a couple um, uh, more medicinal mushrooms this year as well. Mm. Um, things that aren't necessarily listed as edibles, but might have a history of medicinal use. And you heard about that man. Um, the Iceman Utsi, who was found, like in, was it, uh, was he Swiss or something? Mm-hmm. I don't actually know much about, but he was basically a preserved man that had, you know, been preserved in ice for a long time. And it was quite a spectacle to discover, to see what kind of things he had and to learn much more about um, ancient people, I suppose. But he had a pouch of, of dried mushrooms of, of a mushroom called the birch polypore, um, and it's a very common mushroom that grows on dying birch trees, okay. uh, dead and dying birch trees. And so I've started to collect that and dry that and make tea out of it. It's, it's meant to be a bit of an immune booster and also works on intestinal parasites and stuff. I, 
don't take any medical claims from me. I'm not um, any kind of disclaimer. Doctor, but, uh, <laughs> well, I, you I, look I, great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, and you've got a great, great. voice. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I just um, I, I take an interest in it. I like to experiment with all of these things, and also just for the flavors and um, all of that. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's all about. Um, come here. What about this song about the wild food? Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you have yeah. A song all about wild food. I have okay. a song called "Wild like you Food," and the, food. the chorus just goes, "Wild food, da 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 da, wild food." And um, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's what it's is very. The story with that? You're obviously like completely obsessed with this food type. Yes. Food I, my my original idea, my original idea, because um, I became a stepdad five years ago and the boy was five years old at that time so I started I kind of got plunged headfirst as well as in the foraging world into like parenthood and um, that sort of drastically changed my 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 music and my art as well so um, I when I was getting into all the foraging I had this idea to make like a children's album where each song was about a different plant and had nice little rhymes and oh, could educate okay. the children you know, what are all these plants growing around you that you yeah. can utilize? And, um, somehow it, it all got mushed into that one song in the end. <laughs> so okay. it's a song and it's kind of a list of, of different, you know, plants, common plants growing yeah, at least yeah. around You're here. You're talking about things like um, nettles and sea meats mm, and dandelions and everything, aren't you? That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. Maybe you could go back to the album at some point, would you? I'd love to. I mean, if someone said, Peter, we'd like to uh, sponsor you to do this project, I'd go and do it for sure. But in my own mind, I always have too many different ideas. It's, 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 it's amazing that any of them get done, really. Um, <laughs> We're but, all like uh, that, Peter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, well, it was amazing. And, and thank you for for doing the music for our podcast. I mean, I asked you to do the music for this podcast on the recommendation from Dermot. He mentioned that you might be up for doing it. I didn't even think about messaging you, but I had been listening to that album. Was it Dermot or Brian? Oh, it was Brian. Sorry. Yeah. Oops. No worries. No worries. <laughs> you, gave the, you gave the bottle of whiskey to the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 come in a unit more often than not. They, it was brilliant, actually. They do. They do. No, they I um do. yeah because I had been like, it was such a good experience for me because I I loved that that album Blackberry. It's it's beautiful. It's so beautiful and this and I, we've spoken about this at length because Jolene maybe you don't know this but Peter and I didn't know each other before this but we do have mutual mm -hmm. friends in common but we also have some really weird kind of life experience things in common i also have a stepchild yeah. i also moved country you know yeah. to step into the all the different pieces and then the album finishes with this wild food and i'm in the middle of this neighbor food project and it was just like a real kind of jaw-dropping moment so yeah i just wanted to touch base with you to find out what all this love of wild food is all about well, I'm really, I'm really, I was really eager to to chat with you guys about it because you know, I, as you as you know, I I my career is more as a musician, but um, mm. I would I would venture to say I might even be more passionate about wild foods than I am about music. I mean, it doesn't need to be a competition, but uh, because music became my career and it's entwined with money that sort of yeah. taints things and makes them less pure. Uh, you know, I have a very pure passion for the wild food stuff. So I'm always like really excited 
to talk about it. And that's why I think I infused it into the music in the Blackberry album so that so that when I talk about the album in an interview or just to whoever, that I can I can ha- bring some of that passion along with it, you know. Oh, well, that's amazing. The passion definitely comes through. I think we need to get you over to Fiona. She's in Gory on the East Coast. If you're ever over in that direction, going anywhere near Wexford or going anywhere near Dublin, I'd say she'd definitely have you to have a look at her wild museum. I, I don't yeah, know what you're going to call it. Like, great. it's just going to be a, yeah. a, a, like a sweet shop for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know. Well, thank you, Peter. Yeah. I don't want to take too much more of your time. Yeah. can you sing us out on the chorus there as we uh as we wild food it's all i want now wild food it's my favorite wild food it's all i want now wild food you know what i say people look down at these plants and they 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 call them pests you know what i say i I say turn those pests into pesto Thank you, Peter. There's a little called wood sorrel. It's very well. See you soon. Leaves. Even the kids like the taste of that one. It's a little tart and sour like a lemon, but when I see a patch, I just can't help but go over and snatch. And you can eat the whole plant of red clover, but the flower's my favorite part. And I've heard it's good for the heart Speaking of the heart Well there's no better plant than old Hawthorne Don't be scared away by the crown Jesus worn Well he must have liked his wild food It used to be all wild food But now it's rarely wild food Come on dude You work a job for money Spend the money on food And then you go to the gym And spend more money To get rid of the food Well how about spending The day outside Running through the trees Now that's exercise Filling up your basket Snacking all the way Eating that delicious Highly nutritious The best food available On planet Earth folks Forget about organic Forget about non-GMO Just give me some of